Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today on World Footprints Radio. We're your host, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and as you can hear, we are uh, we're at the Baltimore Grand Prix. You can hear all the, uh, all the good stuff behind us. Hey dear, as you can tell from the sights and sounds in our presence, we have an exciting show for you. First up, we're going to introduce you to some of the superstar race car owners here, Roger Penske and Chip Ganassi. They have a tremendous competitive rivalry on the course, but off the course they're good friends and we'll tell you more about them. We'll also introduce you to some of the superstar drivers of the IndyCar circuit and we'll also let you know about some of the superstars on the rise. The Team USA Scholarship winners will have all that and more. Also, if you care to comment, write us at comments at worldfootprints.com. And don't forget to connect with us during the week on our social networks and sign up for a newsletter at worldfootprints.com. And dear, you know, when we talk about uh, leaving positive footprints one step at a time with World Footprints, and people may be surprised to hear that we are covering uh, the Baltimore Grand Prix, but one of the most surprising things that we learned was uh, during the driver from Switzerland, she's actually driving a clean energy car, and so even clean energy is coming to great races like uh, the Indy races. And also, too, one of the things that we try to do with World Footprints is talk about some of the things that are taking place in the tourism and hospitality industry, and this race is really about a city that is trying to change its image. Baltimore has been defined by so many negative things in the minds of so many, and this race is really meant to give this old eastern seaboard city a shot in the arm. As you can tell in Baltimore, it's racing, music, food. All of these things have combined around the Camden Yard Sports Complex to create a one-of-a-kind racing experience for the Baltimore Grand Prix. Right now, the IndyCar lights are racing along the streets of Baltimore. A rock band plays, and thousands of people have filled the intersection of Howard and Camden Streets here to enjoy what's turned out to be a beautiful day for racing here in Baltimore. Roger Penske and Chip Ganassi are two of the most successful team owners in IndyCar racing. Between the two of them, they have won 20 IndyCar championships, 246 wins, including 18 IndyCar victories. Here, Chip Ganassi talks about this on-track rivalry. You know, first of all, you know, before you can talk about any, any on-track rivalries between the two of us, I think you need to understand that, you know, I, from somebody in my perspective, I think, uh, you know, to have a team to that sets the bar like, like Roger's team does makes it possible for, for people like me to come along and, uh, and, and, and challenge him. And, uh, 
he's 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 the guy that set the bar. He, he's the guy that I would I wanted to model my team after, and uh, uh, so it's 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 been a great rivalry for uh, you know for for however however long that uh, our, our our wonderful announcers told us. <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's I think it, it's important to have uh, it's important to have. Leadership, and, and that's what this guy next to me has been for for so many years around IndyCar racing. Is he's he's shown the leadership and the uh, the uh, the foresight to uh, you know to, to see these uh, you know speed bumps along the way that we've had over the over many years in IndyCar <coughs> racing, and, and but yet yet he he always uh, keeps the bar at a high level and and uh, doesn't get caught up in the in the minutia of things and uh, and. And it's really, we, we, I can safely tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that we have IndyCar racing today because of this guy sitting next to me, Roger Penske. And I'm just, uh, you know, the longer I'm in this, the longer I realize that. Having said that, I do want to kick his ass every week on the track. And, uh, <laughs> but I think the feeling's mutual. And, uh, but, uh, you know, um, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great friend of mine, a great competitor and a great mentor to many people in this sport, not, to, not just myself. And uh, I, I, uh, I look forward to seeing him here week in and week out at the racetrack. I don't know what to say after that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way about me. No. <laughs> you know, on the serious side, I think that, uh, you know, Chip and I have, you know, raced each other, you know, side by side for a long time. In fact, I remember when he had his accident that, uh, car at the Michigan Speedway. We've been friends really, uh, you know, ever since then. And, and obviously he's put together a, a terrific race team and one that has uh, demonstrated that you know, they can win at any level. Uh, there's no question as we uh, began uh, cart, uh, Chip was side by side with us. We, you know, once we decided to do something, we do it. And we've pretty much been on the same page. There's always little things, maybe we're not in some cases, but I think what comes down to the big decisions you know, we have been side by side, standing strong, even if it hurt us in some cases. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, I know Scott Dixon and Frankie, they're friends of mine. I talk to them. He knows our guys. We have a very open dialogue. Uh, you know, uh, the mechanics uh, on the team. But you know, it comes down to race day. I'll tell you, the friendship goes out the window. And there's one guy we're trying to beat, and that's the nine and the ten car, and they're tough. You know. I'm, I wanted to tell him. It looks like over the last three years he's won 21 races. I've won 20, so tomorrow's my turn. I, <laughs> I want to say that in Baltimore, just to be sure that that's uh, true. But you know, we've had uh, a real seesaw battle here the last few years. But uh, he's knows how to, he knows how to close the deal. We've not have been able to do that for the last couple of years when we really had a good chance. But I think uh, Frank Keedy is uh, you know such a calculating and good race driver. He knows when to go and his experience on the ovals and certainly uh, you know on the road course it just shows he's a well-balanced driver and with, with Scott uh, right there also it's a it's, it's a pretty tough team but I think uh, most important thing is is the guys you race we're in this business there's not a lot of people you know that you have uh, you know in a group like this we sit down as a group of car owners there might be you know a dozen or 13 people and we're all in for the same situation we want to win and to me to try to have consistency and have the rules uh, be consistent and I think that uh, you know we've gone through a couple of ups and downs but I think the support that we've had has kept the series strong and more important is uh, a team like Chips has been able to attract a sponsor like Target you know which helps us 
you know, as we go out to try to get sponsors to have a, a company like that in the sport for as long as it has makes a huge difference. And I think that uh, you know, the, the continuity of the sponsor, you can commit to your drivers, your crew chiefs, your, your, your engineers, all that's important. He's, he's done the best job of that. You know, obviously we were, you know, for many years, uh, you know, had our friends at uh, Philip Morris, but uh, because of the FD and other things, you know, we, we lost them. And I can tell you, we scrambled. I said, some days, uh, you know, we look like a drugstore out there. We have so many different uh, sponsors. But uh, to me, continuity is key. Uh, I think the series has got a lot of momentum. When's the last time we've been to two or three racetracks in our own had 28 cars start? And we were trying to get 28 at Indy one year, I think. So this is a huge, huge jump. The, the interest here in Baltimore, I'm amazed that the people, I, I think it's a, a sport that we can take to a city like this and, and with, with Chip's team, our team, and Andretti and the other guys that we're racing against, uh, you know, make a big difference. And, and to me, uh, we want to build this as a great North American sport. It's different than NASCAR, different cars, this is the fastest cars in the world. And I think that the fact we run on ovals one day and we run on road courses the next day, and obviously the anchor, you know, is the, is the Indianapolis 500, it's a pretty good package. So what we need to do, and he and I are locked in this to make it a lot better. So. I appreciate uh, the competition, but more important, I think the partnership that he and I have to, to drive the sport where it's going, because at the end of the day, you know, we don't have guys to race, we won't have a series, and we don't have sponsors, we don't have the media, you know, the sport's going to fall down, but I think we're on a nice lift now, and, and to me, uh, new drivers got diversity in the field, which is great, the women are running, uh, are doing a great job, and uh, sorry to see Danica go, but... On the other hand, uh, she's got an opportunity in NASCAR. We understand that. For the second straight year, Dario Franchetti, Will Power, and Scott Dixon have battled for the championship. Roger and Chip talk about their ongoing battles. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, uh, the nice thing is you can take either any of those three or four or five guys on the, between our two teams and you can, you know, you can cover them with a blanket when they come by. I mean, in terms of their speed and their talent. And, and certainly the, the teams that are behind them. I mean, like I said, you can cover them with a with a blanket. So I, I you know, it's it, it really comes down to to you know who, who at the end of the year you look back. You know, I and you look back and say, geez, you know, we just didn't make that little mistake. And you know, we're we're really as much as we're racing against other teams, we're we're racing against ourselves not to make mistakes. Um, you know, both of both. Roger's team and our team have, have the speed, the capability, the people, and, and the, those people have the talent that it takes to, to win the championship. And it's, it's going to come down in the next four races to, you know, who doesn't make mistakes, who, who uh, a little bit of lady luck on their side, and, um, you know, but you can, you can cover any of those, uh, you know, five or six guys with a blanket. I think I said earlier that... Uh you know, the consistency that Frankie brings to the party. I think Will has obviously showed his expertise on the road courses. I mean, there's no question about that. I think his, he just doesn't have the, the feel that he wants yet or the confidence. Uh, I think the accident he had, uh, you know, in Iowa put him back a little bit. Uh, you know, he got to New Hampshire and he was, you know, not a comfortable guy. But, you know, once he got in the race and things got going, uh, I think he felt a lot better. So he's going to have to, you know, really perform on the ovals. Uh, and also, obviously, these uh, next couple of road courses are going to be key. So, look, uh, we were ahead in the championship the last couple of years and didn't win it. So maybe the, you got to come from behind. If that's the case, we're right in the, we're right in the right spot. <laughs> right, yeah. And, 
Yeah, I don't know what it was uh, a year ago with four races to go, but you know the, the point is it's it's close, and, and, and you know the, it's it's great that it's close. It's great that there's the competition, and there's a lot of interest from a uh, from a lot of people on our side of the team. I know if you take the the, the people that we have involved, just in the, in the in the in the in the partners that we have putting our, our putting our team on the track, and you take the the people on Rogers' cars that are involved. You know, you got some. There's a hell of a lot of people interested in the outcome of this championship. I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, whether it's uh, you know Rogers, uh, you know the Verizon people or the Penske Corporation employees around the world, and uh, the Target family of people around the world. Uh, there's a lot of people who have a lot riding on this championship, and uh, he and I are going to do the best to uh, to give them a good show till the end. I can tell you. Racing is a team sport. And Roger and Chip discuss their team leadership as a key to their success. Well, you know, obviously, you can't do it by yourself, and the complexity of the logistics, uh, you know, the per- just, just dealing with the personnel on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, is, is critical. And I think, uh, you know, Tim's done a great job. He's been with me now for, you know, a dozen years or more, and, and to me, he's brought a great balance. Uh, you know, Bud Denker, who handles, uh, you know, our Sponsorships, uh, you know, Merrill Kane, who many of you know, you know, we've got some good, experienced people, and then they know what to do. Uh, you know, my, my job is, uh, you know, to try to be out there to support uh, when we're down, and, and try to, you know, take, uh, you know, take some good news when we we have some success. But Tim's done a terrific job. He understands the car technically. He's a great strategist on on the pit wall, probably one of the best. And there's no question uh, that he's, he's a great leader. So, you know, we're fortunate to have, you know, those type of people. And I can tell you that the sport is so intense, you've got to have leadership at that quality. And, of course, I'll only comment on Mike Hall. I watched Mike back, you know, many, many years ago. And, and he's really, he's been a real asset uh, for Chip, I know. Yes, and uh, before I, I'm going to tell you one little Roger story here that just happened the last couple of weeks. Our... Uh, our hospitality trailer, obviously on its way from uh, New Hampshire to uh, Sonoma, broke down in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and who we called? But we called the uh, Penske Truck Leasing to see if they had a truck, and they they didn't exactly have one sitting in Cheyenne, Wyoming, but they towed one up from uh, Denver in a few hours and had one there for us. And uh, that's what it's like to have uh, have a good guy like this on your team when you need when you're when you're down when chips are down, you need something to uh, dig you out. And he was right there for us, and uh, that's pretty that that says a lot. I was going to try to borrow a car yesterday for me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, I know how to yoga one now. <laughs> but uh, getting to Mike Hall, um, you know, Mike and I met at, uh, I think we met at Lime Rock, Connecticut in about 1979 or 1980. We were racing uh, Formula Fords. I was, I was driving a Formula Ford and he was taking care of a guy's car. He came all the way from California to race in Lime Rock, Connecticut. Formula Ford race, and uh, Mike, uh, Mike and I, I think our careers sort of paralleled each other as we came up through the through the ranks of uh, smaller Formula cars to uh, you know from Formula Fords into Atlantic and Super V, and uh, in those days they called it Mini Indy, and then uh, and then of course coming up to uh, Indy cars about the same time. So uh, Mike and I have quite a history together. He understands. Uh, certainly understands the technical side and the uh, and and really where I think Mike's uh, strongest point is he understands where 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 
racing. He has a nice blend of being being a, a people person and, and combining it with his technical ability and, uh, and sort of understanding where you know the, the key things that, that make these cars go around the track. And it's not just uh, it's not just the mechanics. It's, it's somebody that needs to have an understanding of, of sponsorship and of, of resources and how to employ those resources. And, uh, and, and Mike does a great job of that. Again, uh, he and Tim get along great. He and Tim Sendrick, and I, I, I know Tim from back years ago when he was he was from Indianapolis, I think, and uh, was with uh, Bobby Rahal's group. And uh, I met him on the pit wall at Indianapolis, I think. And uh, really, I think he does a great job for Roger too. Well, when, when, I'll tell you one thing: I'm watching everything he does on his cars on during the race, and. Uh, if I see him run over a hose, I won't be the first guy to call. call him. <laughs> and I'm sure he's the same way. I heard he's, I heard he's uh, talking to the officials, something going on. I've heard it before. That's okay. Right. Now, once the, once the green flag stops, and hey, he's the first guy to send me an email after we win a race and vice versa. So. Stone uh, World Footprints Radio will introduce you to some of the superstar drivers of the IZOD IndyCar Series as World Footprints Radio continues from the 2011 Baltimore Grand Prix. For affordable and reliable website hosting, choose Buzz Hosting Services. We offer shared hosting, reseller hosting, VPS, and outstanding support. At Buzz Website Hosting, we strive to provide the highest level of performance and support within the hosting industry. Support, availability, responsiveness, and our 99% guaranteed hosting uptime are just a few of the key reasons you too will be hosting with us for years to come. Visit with us online at www.buzzhostingservices.com. Want to travel for less? Visit the worldfootprints.com travel portal to find exclusive, non-published sales on travel. Our dynamic travel deals page updates daily with the latest sales from our partners, and you can't find these deals anywhere else. We've seen sales for as little as $9 a night for hotel rooms and $49 airline tickets. So stop by worldfootprints.com to see where you can go for less. Also, make sure you visit the Travel Marketplace for sales on travel essentials and services like passport processing. Hi, I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. A few years ago, we decided to leave our respective legal practices to live a more purposeful travel life and help others leave positive footprints. World Footprints was born and was quickly recognized for its award-winning journalism. We've covered events from the Olympics to a Titanic expedition, and we've discussed conservation, environmental, and public diplomacy initiatives. Join us for award-winning radio and visit our website, worldfootprints.com, for daily travel deals and comprehensive travel information. You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. We're walking along pit row at the Baltimore Grand Prix during the qualifying session of the IZOD Indy Car. The sounds you hear are just remarkable as cars reach speeds of up to 200 miles an hour here on the streets of Baltimore. And dear, as I have to say, it's quite a bevy of activity here as we walk along pit row. 
this is exciting for me. This is my first IndyCar race, and I'm happy to be in the of a lot of noise, and my girl Danica, who yeah. only qualified in the uh, As we continue to walk along Pit Row, there are crews, there are security, there are fans who have been given unprecedented access to the track and to really get a feel for what IndyCar racing is all about. The two-mile streets of Baltimore proved challenging during the qualifying run. Here, let's meet some of the superstars of the IndyCar circuit. First up, Ryan Briscoe of Team Penske talks about his qualifying run. Nice after yesterday's performance, so, um, you know, today it was, uh, it was all about getting the confidence back and uh, it took me a while in turn five to drive it in there as deep as, uh, as you need to, but um, the cars are handling really good. Um, you know, after yesterday's practice, I really just, uh, you know, based um, the information off of Elio and Will, um, you know, we run very close cars and, uh, you know, they were both pretty happy with their cars, so um, today was great, you know, it was uh, really hard fought. That first uh, group was, was a strong group, and um, I think a couple of good cars got eliminated there, but uh, it was really competitive, um, and, and we just kept chipping away, and uh, it was good to be in the fast six. I think we pounded around a bit too much in Q1 and, and hurt our tyres a little bit for, uh, for Q3, as you have to go and use tyres. Um, I wish, I wish we could all just get stickers in and <laughs> go for it, but um, it's the way it is. And uh, really happy for uh, Guy Point Systems and, and Team Penske to be uh, up there in the third spot. Dario Franchitti talks about the challenges the streets of Baltimore posed for him during his qualifying. Yeah, they, they were all, uh, as usual, difficult. The, the, the competition level was very high. And the first two, I really just didn't think I got a, a clean lap. I didn't, I didn't put together all that. Um, so the time we got out in the third one, I think it made the car a little bit better. Um, I put a half decent lap together, obviously not where we need to be, uh, but we're, I think we're struggling in one area now. Um, but I will tell you that in about 20 minutes when I look at Graham's data, I find out where he's going to us. But yeah, I think there's one area we're struggling in right now, so hopefully we can fix that for tomorrow and uh, we'll be in good shape. Pole sitter Will Power talks about taking the pole position. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a tough run. Graham was uh, really quick in the, the last session. I mean, you know, I, I think I looked after my tyres really well in the first two. I only did, you know, I think I did four laps or so on. But, uh, yeah, I had one lap and I was second. I knew I had one lap to do it. Um, and I went over the, 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 the timing line. I didn't think I got it because on my dash I was down, but I was down on my, my quickest lap in the previous. So, yep, it's a good place to start. And... Um, you know, it's obviously a long race, it's a typical street circuit, so there'll be probably multiple yellow flag periods. Um, Graham Rahal talks about the course. Yeah, I, uh, I had a good one going, and, and uh, they told me where Will was on the tracker that they thought he would jump ahead of us. And, um, you know, I let the tires cool off, and I kind of took a lap to get him back where we wanted him, and I, I put one together, and I went uh, into the chicane about, I don't know, I think they said it was on a one a one zero or something, and I locked up the right front. And just 
kind of got through the chicane, but it wasn't pretty. So lost all our time there pretty well. And, and uh, you know, overall, though, it's a, it was a great run for the Service Central team. And I think, you know, all the Ganassi cars are strong here this weekend. And certainly feel like, uh, you know, this is just a, it's a great circuit. It's tough. It's demanding. I mean, you know, the concrete parts of it are as bumpy as can be. But, uh, you know, it's a great place. And, you know, certainly love driving here. Easy to make mistakes, but, uh, you know, qualifying just kind of worked out for us. Here is Ryan Hunter Ray on his qualifying run. It's uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Just trying to get everything I could out of the car. The last little, you know, just the last little bit under braking. The braking is really, really tough around here. You you you, you ask for an extra five feet and you um, you overshoot the corner. So it's tough. We seem to be off by you know three, four, five tenths of a second, and, and it just comes. Um, most of it's under braking entry, but you know it's a good place to start from sixth. Um, on the outside, I don't know. I don't know how these starts are going to be tomorrow and to turn one for these guys to talk about. I mean, I, I don't I don't see how we go green two laps in a row with that turn one the way it is, but um, hopefully we'll get it sorted out. Um, it's hard not to go get one car. In Baltimore, this is a lot of fun, great place to be, and uh, it's great for IndyCar, and it'll get better and better over the years. I'll tell you what, though, the, the, the section basically, like, from four on is, is great. And the pavement that they put down on Thursday, I don't think any of us thought would hold. And, you know, so far it has. Luckily, it hasn't been too, too sunny or too hot on the track temps. But uh, it's very similar to, to the other street circuits we go to. Um, you know, I, don't, I doubt many of us kind of venture too far away from where we run setup-wise in those other places. It's just, you know, here the bumps are on Pratt. Are really bad, but everywhere else, it's uh, it's a great facility. I mean, as Ryan said, it's a fun track. Um, it asks everything and more from you every lap, and you know certainly you got to push <coughs> the thing hard. So I'm really really enjoying it. The streets of Baltimore proved challenging for the drivers. One reason were the light rail tracks that crossed the course, and as a result, the chicane, a area meant to slow down the drivers, was placed in the vicinity of the tracks. The drivers talk about how that affected their qualifying run. I, think, I don't know if we should talk to Brian about that, but we definitely talked about it. I don't know if there's an, an issue with the FIA approval or the fact that LMS had already qualified with it. Or, so it, it wasn't just a case of us wanting to change it. Or just, I think there were some issues. Um, in turn five, we talked about it last night, actually. A little bit, um, that's something I think we need to change for next year. Get me into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the tires are not a concrete wall. But, uh, but it's, it's, you're threading the needle through there. And basically, your second apex, you're going head first at the wall. And if you're just off a little bit, it's, it's a huge break. So I think you just have to go out and maybe talk about it. It's not, it's no quick fix you do for the race or anything. But I think um, it could be made safer and maybe some way to make us turn and, so you're apexing not on the wall of the second one because it's fast. I mean, it's the speed itself isn't. It's it's seventy something, maybe eighty mile an hour. I don't know, but it's you go on head first to the wall basically, and um, it'll be a, a huge roadblock if anyone makes a mistake. Street courses can be technical in terms of the demands that they place on the drivers. Here, the drivers talk about the demands of the Baltimore course. It's up there for sure. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different surfaces around the track, so you've got different grip levels from corner to corner. Bumpy, smooth, um, difficult to set up for, and uh, challenging to drive. Yeah, I mean, I think what Ryan said is spot on. But the other thing that I that I think is is different about this place is there's a lot of these 
from my perspective, there seems to be a lot of elevation, even just on the front straight and the braking zones, things ups and downs, and you know, I mean, the bumps are thrown in the mix of all that. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough to put a full lap together, and um, you know, it feels it, it definitely feels rewarding when you do. Street courses pose challenges in terms of pit lane. Here, the drivers talk about pitting on the streets of Baltimore. Uh, well, I mean. It's, it's all part of the strategy in Finian. A lot of us were pitting early because new tire performance was a lot better than, you know, staying out. But you saw Will and I in mid-Ohio, we did a great job of uh, extending our second stint on fuel. A yellow comes out and it's basically like getting a drive-through penalty. We just go to the back of the grid. So that's always stuff you need to look out for. Same at any road course with pits closed, you know, that's, that's something you always need to think about. And um, can you pass here slower cars? Yeah, I think... You know, you've got a couple of really good braking zones, but if they're in front of you on better tyres, it's going to be tough because the field's so competitive. With the race coming up, Will Power and Dario Franchitti talk about their strategies that will help them take the checkered flag. Don't make any mistakes, and uh, hopefully don't get caught up in anybody else's accident. Um, hopefully the strategy works out. As we know there's a million things going to to survive in one of these races far less winning them you know, every time you press the brake pedal or turn the steering or get the throttle pedal you have the potential to to mess it up so uh, yeah there's, there's infinite uh, possibilities so hopefully we do a good job when we return we'll learn about some of the young drivers who desire to one day be as World Footprints Radio continues from the inaugural 2011 Baltimore Grand Parade. World Footprints Radio is an award-winning broadcast and leader in socially conscious travel. Hosts Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick bring you entertaining and informative interviews with well-known celebrities, newsmakers, authors and industry professionals. From environmental leaders like Bobby Kennedy Jr. and David Rockefeller Jr. to conservationists like actress Stephanie Powers and director Ken Burns. Tune in to hear travel journalism at its best. Visit unique places from around the world and stop by the worldfootprints.com website for comprehensive travel information including special daily travel deals. For the latest and last minute travel deals, visit the worldfootprints.com travel portal to find exclusive non-published sales on travel. Our dynamic travel deals page updates daily with the latest sales from our partners. You can't find these deals anywhere else, and we've seen sales for $9 per night for hotels and $49 airline tickets. So stop by worldfootprints.com to see where you can go for less. Also, make sure you visit the Travel Marketplace for sales on travel essentials and services. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick from the Baltimore Grand Prix. Developing tomorrow's racers is the way Indy Car will remain vital for years to come. The Team USA Scholarship Program is one way those drivers of today can become future Indy Car stars tomorrow. Jeremy Shore, the Team USA Scholarship, talks about this fantastic program, and so does Charlie Kimball, who's one of the IZOD Indy Car racers participating in the Baltimore Grand Prix. Tell you a, a couple of things about this, the scholarship program. Um, it, it's really made possible by the support of a, a, a huge 
array of individuals within the North American motor racing industry. Uh, we've been running this program since, since 1990, um, so it's been going over 21 years now. In fact, the, 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 I think there's two of the candidates in this year's scholarship. We had 14 candidates selected from uh, a broad range of, of feeder series in the United States. I think one of them was born um, by the time that Jimmy Vassar won the first scholarship in 1990. So uh, we've come a long way from then, and I say it's the support of a whole bunch of people has made this thing possible. I'd just like to, to, to single out a few people. Uh, Doug Mockett, who is uh, Doug Mockett and Company, uh, he builds widgets basically, furniture, things, handles, hangers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and uh, he is a vintage F1 racer, a massive enthusiast of the sport, and he has been one of the biggest supporters of this scholarship for many, many years. Another big supporter is the Road Racing Drivers Club. Uh, you might have heard of the BRDC, the British Racing Drivers Club in England. Well, the RRDC is the US equivalent. It's been going for over 50 years. Uh, past presidents have included uh, Mark Donahue, Brian Redman, uh, Bobby Rahal is the current president, and the RRDC has really stepped up in support. It's the reason for being is to mentor young drivers. Uh, and uh, they've stepped up their support this year, and as a result of that, we've been able, to, been able to, to provide a third scholarship. For the last four or five years, we've taken two youngsters over to the UK to race in Formula Ford in the Formula Ford Festival and the Walter Hayes Trophy, the two prestigious races. They draw more than 100 drivers from around the world to, to do those races, and our drivers have been very competitive. Uh, I'd like to, to say thanks here to a bunch of people who are joining us here this afternoon, and that's the father of the uh, one of the winners this afternoon. He's, he's too late. Barry, where are you? <laughs> you you're late. Room 339. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Um, so, <laughs> right, so without, with, let me uh, thank a few people who uh, take the time to come and join us this afternoon. First of all, in, in the audience is Brian Herter, who was the second winner of the scholarship. He's been a big supporter also since he became a professional driver. He and many of these other drivers here, once they become professionals, they've chipped in to help this program along the way to, to support the future of American motor racing. Phil Giebler uh, was a, a, a 2006... Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year? Seven. My apologies, sorry, I'm flustered. I've got to do a TV show in 10 minutes, so I'm kind of rushing. Uh, Dane Cameron, next to Phil Giebler, is another team who's a scholarship winner. Charlie Kimball raced down in New Zealand uh, as part of the scholarship 10 years ago, no, eight years ago now. It's hard to oh, make God. Jeremy, you, you don't often have a, have a chance to join us here. You, you're now in the IndyCar series. Just talk a little bit, just very briefly, about what the scholarship meant to you and how it helped you in your career. It's... Uh, the, the Team USA Scholarship was a, a unique opportunity. It was the first time that I got to go race on my own. Um, there were three of us, and we went down to New Zealand for six weeks, um, completely on our own, with a 1974 Toyota Land Cruiser as transportation. Um, and we drove all over the South Island and had a blast at the racetrack and away from it. Um, and that was in January, and I, I flew back to the U.S., and not seven days later, I moved on my own to England to go race um, in the British Formula 4 Championship. And without those six weeks in New Zealand with the umbrella of Team USA looking out for me and getting everything set up from team to hotels to travel arrangements, you know, I would not have been able to win you know, a couple of races in British Formula 4, be successful, show well. You know, and that really became the platform for the rest of my racing career. You know, to, to lead me to you know, the eyes on IndyCar series now, it, it, it was 
the the plinth of the foundation to start with and and a heck of a lot of fun as well yeah Charlie thanks very much he was a great ambassador for his sport and, and by the way when he was down there in New Zealand he won the New Zealand Formula Ford International Championship down there. So, you know, these guys, they've, they've all been successful when they're representing their country and all these sponsors and indeed the entire racing community from North America when they go race overseas. Um, let me just say that uh, with, the, with the additional support this year from the Road Racing Drivers Club, we were able to announce, as I, said, as, as, I think I said earlier on, a third scholarship this year. Uh, we're going to be running two guys as usual in the, in the Kent cluster, which is a kind of the, the lower category of the... Uh, of Formula Ford in the UK, there's kind of two levels of it. Uh, and let me say a big thank you also to Chris Bantani and Cooper Tyre, who's another big supporter. Chris has just joined us now uh, with uh, his, uh, uh, Cooper, Cooper Tyre is the presenting sponsor, of course, of the USF 2000 National Championship, just been out on the racetrack. Uh, and again, Cooper Tyre, a huge part of making this program what it is. So we're going to take you, two youngsters to do the Formula Fords. So that's going to be Neil Alberico, who's 18 years of age, is from California. There's press releases, I think, which are going to be distributed uh, momentarily. Thank you very much, ladies. Um, and uh, also Trent Hindman, he's 15 at the moment. You need to be 16 to race in the UK. So I was very specific about that when I, when I invited him to be here in the first place. When are you 16, Trent? Uh, in about three weeks' time. So before he goes over to England. Now, Trent is racing in Canada this weekend in the F1600 Championship up there. He's also racing in Skip Barber Series as well in this country. Uh, and uh, Neil Alberico is racing this weekend also, I think, at Brands Hatch in England. So they can't be here this weekend, but they are going to be re representing the Team USA Scholarship in the Formula 4 Kent division. This year, we now had a, th a, a, a new step on the ladder, um, and it's going to be in the Duratec class, which is a premier Formula 4 uh, category in the UK. It's for more powerful engines, they run slick tyres, uh, they are pretty serious race cars. They don't have wings, but they are a challenge to drive. And it's my pleasure to announce that the, the winner of that, that scholarship this year will be the same guy who represented the program last year, but this is part of the process. We want to make this a, a ladder of opportunity. And it's my pleasure to uh, invite Spencer Piggott up to the stage. There are precedents for, for multiple winners of the tour, for the same drivers winning scholarships more than once. We, we did it with uh, Jerry Nadeau back in the 90s, and also Paul Edwards, who went on to win several championships, particularly Rolex Grand Am. He's now racing in the, in the Daytona prototypes over there. So there's been, that, that's been a precedent. We've, we've set a precedent before, and thanks to the additional support of, of all these, these people, we're able to do it again this year. So Spencer just. Very briefly, because I've got to go rush, otherwise I'm going to need deep trouble. That's the press conference coming up in a moment. And uh, I think Chip Ganassi and Roger Petsky was my case. Uh, so, so, so just tell us a little bit about what you learned last year, what it means to go back to the UK one year on. Yeah, well, firstly, uh, I've got to thank Jeremy Sean, everybody who's a part of the Team USA Scholarship, for giving me this opportunity to go over for a second year. And, uh, you know, last year was great. I had a lot of fun, um, diff completely different style of racing in the Formula Fours over there. But, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, like I said, it's a lot, a lot different, a lot more aggressive. And uh, this year in USF 2000, I had a bit of taste of that as well. So, um, you know, being selected again is a... Uh, is a great honor and you know I'm really really looking forward to going uh, going back over to England again to Brands Hatch and also to uh, Silverstone so thanks. Great job. Spencer thanks. I think uh, at that point uh, I'm just about to come to my close of my window. I, I told everybody here that I would keep it to 15 minutes. Uh, that's what I've done. Uh, these guys here, Connor, Joseph, Joel, Charlie, Brian, Phil, 
who are staying Cameron. Thanks all for joining us, past scholarship winners here. So if anybody else in there as well, I can't see. Um, Bobby Rahal was planning on joining us uh, this afternoon as well to, on behalf of the Road Racing Drivers Club. He's, he's getting ready, however, for the uh, ALMS race that starts in, in less than an hour's time. And uh, as well as Charlie Kimball in the Eyes on IndyCar Series race tomorrow, J.R. Hildebrand also is a Team USA scholarship winner. Uh, he will be taking part tomorrow in the National Guard car. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's got his feet chained to the autograph session, which is going on right now. He skipped the last one at Sonoma, so he wasn't allowed to skip this one. But Charlie, uh, he was a good boy last time, so he was able to get a dispensation. <laughs> so guys, all of you, thank you so much for joining us. Randy Bernard, thank you again very much indeed. Uh, Chris Mantani uh, and everybody else the sponsors. Thanks for making this program happen. It's a great opportunity for these youngsters. So again, thanks for joining us. race fans I'll tell you what we're in the I think 14th event of the season from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to Sonoma California to the streets of St. Petersburg to Toronto Canada I guarantee you this we have never seen a crowd that has been more receptive and have been more fantastic than you fans here in Baltimore high five your fellow race fan next to you you guys have been fantastic thank you so very very much for supporting the eyes out IndyCar series Lord it has just been a warm welcome and this has just been so fantastic we can't wait to get this race underway you can say that again Michael this crowd is incredible the race fans here are intense and we know that they are into this sport first things first we want to let you guys know that incident we saw this morning with Elio Castroneves and Tony Kanan that was a rough one but they are both perfectly fine and back in their race cars for the start of this race they're going to start to the back but we want to let you guys know they are very appreciative of all your thoughts and concerns and they're here to race for you today and we only have after today's event three races left in the season last year it was Will Power and Dario Franchitti's chasing. Well, this year it's Dario Franchitti and the driver we just met with the pole award money. Will Power is now on the pole and he's chasing. He picked up a point for picking up the pole. This championship battle is even tighter. How many fans have been here this entire race weekend? You see, thank you. You've seen how chaotic this track can be. And even these fantastic world-class drivers are having problems out here. Who knows what's going to happen in this championship points battle today. Lord, it's going to be fantastic. It sure is. We've got all kinds of championship contenders running and gunning, but we don't want to forget about the ladies. Simona St. Sylvester's fans will know she accidentally took a weekend off last time. But she's here, she's back, and she was P1 in practice this morning, Michael. She's going for it. And Danica Patrick was second quick. Race fans, are you ready to meet the stars of the IZOD IndyCar Series? Oh, let's hear you. Baltimore Driver Introductions coming up next.
to within striking distance of championship leader Dario Franchini with just four races left in the season. He starts on pole today, battling for the win, and it's chance to avenge last year's championship loss to Franchini. this afternoon on this historic occasion. Isn't it a great day to be in Baltimore? Tell me about it. We're about to see some wonderful machines matched up with some wonderful young people. We're going to give you an exciting race, a thrilling race, and I'm so glad you all have come out to participate in this inaugural Grand Prix. And remember, this is just the first one. Make sure you're back here again next year. Now have a great day. Thank you. Let's hear it for our race fans, our honorary starter, General Colin Powell! The fastest cars on earth winning by you at 200 miles an hour. We're watching the cars in their round here at the Baltimore Grand Prix, picking up speeds close to 200 miles an hour.
had a great time here, but what's most exciting to me is being on the track. It's amazing to look at the tires as they come through, filled with all sorts of rocks and debris. It's just amazing that they can be. The G-forces on these auto racers is incredible. You're just feeling the force as they whiz by, but you can only imagine sitting inside of the cockpit of one of these vehicles. Just the tremendous G-forces on them. Well, with the race over, let's head on over to the three For all you eyes on IndyCar Series fans, you'll appreciate this. It's only when TK like starts 28 that he gets up. Someday you're going to start in the front and you're going to win one of these things. What a masterful drive. Congratulations on the run. Oh, thank you very much. I want to thank all of you guys. That's why we're here. So, uh, what a great crowd. What a great event. I mean, uh, first time here. They have a lot of challenges with the racetrack. Everybody worked day and night, and uh, you guys showing up like this. I've really never seen a place so packed in my life. So uh, we, uh, we had an eventful morning flying over. Cars are not supposed to fly, but uh, we uh, we fixed it. I want to thank Geico for uh, it's it's their headquarters. It's in Washington. Everybody's here. Their first race here, and uh, I'm happy. I'm exhausted, but I'm happy. Talk about the team effort today, TK, uh, bringing out that backup car, you not really knowing what you have to finish third. What an accomplishment. No, definitely. It was uh, El Lasso Vizo's uh, backup car, so we're going to fight for that one right now. But uh, a great effort from the team. We made a human mistake this morning. It was our fault. 
what happened, we lost the brakes and I, I hit Ido at a, probably 170 miles an hour. It wasn't pretty, but uh, we put our heads together, we, uh, we fixed the backup car and uh, here we are. So, uh, you know, that's the best I can give to my guys. The best thank you for you fans is putting a great race and the best thank you for the guys is the podium. Congratulations. Thank you. And now, TK, to present your trophy, World Figure Skating Champion and 2006 Olympian, Kimmy Meisner! There she is. We'll get the trophy. Kimmy, if you look out, we'll take photographs with you and TK. How about a race fans? Big nice round of applause for third place finisher, Tony Kanaan! And now, we bring out our second place finisher, the driver of the Telemundo, Newman Haas Racing, car number two, Oriel Servian! Congratulations. What a fantastic run. We'll have you step down here. I tell you what, you look like you've lost about 25 pounds in the last two hours. I don't know uh, if I did, but I'm sure the, uh, the Orioles wins uh, where with Orioles today. So it's good. Talk a little bit about this team effort. We talked throughout the season. You said this will be the season for the return of Newman Haas Racing, proving once again this team is back. I think nobody has doubts. Uh, you know, there's a reason why Newman Haas has over 100 victories. Uh, they just had a tough season last year, but. Here we are again, we're fourth in points and we're fighting for the podium every race and uh, there are more to come. Talk about what it looked like out there on the parade laps when you got started. These great Baltimore fans out there to greet you guys today. Absolutely. Let me tell you guys, you've been amazing. Usually when we go to a street race, it's always a, a, a fun event, a great success, but it takes two or three years for the crowds to come. From Friday, there's been not one driver that hasn't been impressed with all of you and I'm sure there's we're going to be coming back many years. Well, congratulations on that run today. Second place finish. Thank you. We'll have you stay right here. I'll present you with your trophy. Here to present Oriel, his second place trophy. 14-time Olympic gold medalist. Race fans, Michael Phelps. And now the moment that we have been waiting for, the winner of today's inaugural Baltimore Grand Prix race fans, put your hands together for Will Power, driving the number 12 Verizon Pesky Machine. What a fantastic run today. We were talking at the latter part of the race, Bill. You were doing qualifying laps at the end of this thing. Yeah, man, I gave it absolutely everything I had. That was unbelievable result. That's probably one of my best race wins ever, I reckon. You did a fantastic job. And now, race fans, we talked about that championship points. Will is now within five points of Dario Banchini. Congratulations. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what we needed, man. We're closing in. And I just have to thank the crowd. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is probably the best street race we've done all year. Unreal. Great city. Indeed. Well, let's present you with your first place trophy if you want to stand in front here. Race fans, here to present Will, his championship trophy for the win today, General Cohen Powell. 
nice round of applause for our race fans and winner today, Will Power. And now, gentlemen, we'll need you to hoist those trophies up. TK Royal Will get those trophies up in the air. Race fans, let's give them a nice round of applause. Race fans, we ask you to stay here with us because the party has just begun. We begin what we call the hat dance with the IZOT IndyCar Series hats. today. Nice job, Firehawk. And now the official engine supplier of the IZOT IndyCar Series. Our drivers will don the Honda hat. Gentlemen, well done. And now, race fans, let's make a little noise as we break out the bubbly. Let the party begin. How about a for race fans? Another big round of applause. Tony Kanaan, Oriole Serbia, today's winner, Will Power. continue the celebration we will begin wrapping things up race fans once again our hats off and a big eyes out indycar series salute to you guys you have made this one fantastic event baltimore thank you we'll see you next year Travel and On Media Productions, LLC. All rights reserved.